A farmer's time is valuable. That's why Blaine's Farm and Fleet has made shopping for your must-haves quick and easy. Simply order online at farmandfleet.com and pick up your items in just one hour in their convenient drive through Or try Farm and Fleet's same-day local delivery option. The Wisconsin Infant Study Cohort Project examines how farm environments, especially those with livestock, stimulate children's immune systems and make them less likely to develop allergic diseases. Catherine Barnes, program manager with the National Farm Medicine Center, shares more about the study and their findings. So the WIS study is a group of about 300 kids. Half of those are raised on farms and half are being raised on rural non-farm areas. And we're following those kids through childhood. We want to see whether they develop allergies and asthma. So what does this study entail? What type of research are you guys conducting? Yeah, so we have regular contact with these kids and their families. They answer questions about things the kids or the parents may be exposed to, symptoms they might be having. They also give biological and environmental samples. And we use all this information to understand basically how their immune system is interacting with the environment and specifically how the farm environment is impacting the development of their immune system. So what trends have you seen with these children's immune systems? Yeah, so, you know, our immune system in a way is how we respond biologically to our environment. So, you know, something like a flu virus gets into our body, body's going to get fever, chills, runny nose, sneezing. I'm sure we all know those symptoms all too well. Um, And, you know, the reactions to get rid of the flu virus. Um, And if our immune system isn't, you know, super well calibrated, we can get that response to things that aren't actually harmful, like pollen or pet dander. Those are common allergens. And, And that's basically what allergies are. So if that reaction occurs in the lungs, it can be really severe. Um, you can get reactionary airway diseases and, and, you know, the extreme form of which being asthma. And what we've seen is that young kids on farms, you know, they'll, they'll get sick from colds and flus at similar rates to kids who didn't grow up on farms. But it seems their immune systems, um, for lack of a better word, learn how to adapt and respond to a greater variety of microbes. So they're exposed to those and their immune system kind of learns, oh, this is normal. We don't need to react to this. Um, So as they get older, they tend to start getting sick less often. And they also don't experience allergies and skin rashes and breathing issues as often as kids who didn't grow up on farms. So you guys started this um, study, correct me if I'm wrong, in 2013. How has yep. that those trends and research results changed over time since you started that? Oh, my gosh. We are constantly learning more about how the farm environment influences the development of these kids' immune systems. Um, we've actually learned that it's, it's actually the variety of animals present on the farm. So not just the number of cows, for example, but um, the number of different animal species that confers the most benefit. So theoretically, a farm with um, some chickens, pigs, cows, barn cats, llamas, emus, (laughs) all, you know, the whole different array of animals would theoretically be more beneficial than a farm with just a large number of milking cows. And both of those would be more beneficial than not having any exposure to farm animals. 
So what ages of children are you guys researching with to track that exposure? One thing that is unique about our study is that we actually recruit moms when they're pregnant. So um, we recruited all of these children when they were still in utero before they were born. Um, And then right now we're following them up to age eight. Um, And we collect samples from the mom and have her answer questions about her exposure while she's pregnant. And that just allows us to get you know, better, more reliable data than having mom reflect on what she might have been doing or where she was going two years ago. You know, I think we all have an easier time answering what we ate last night for dinner than answering what we ate for dinner two years ago. (laughs) How do you get these women enrolled? Yeah, so, um, you know, it's all voluntary, Um, We um, advertised a lot in OBGYN centers and departments, and if uh, women were interested in joining the study, there was a screening survey that they had to do. Um, uh, They had to meet certain criteria to be um, eligible for either the the farm part or the non-farm part. And if they met that criteria and they were still interested in participating, we said, come on board. How do researchers track the child's exposure when it's still in the womb? You know, a lot of that exposure is what the mom is getting exposed to. So we collect those samples, we ask her those questions, and, um, you know, that gives us a good idea of, you know, thus what the child might be exposed to. We also collect cord blood at birth. Um, so, uh, you know, that is... Um, you know, blood that's basically linking mom to baby when baby is still in the womb. Um, And then as we continue to study the kids, we get a really thorough picture of, um, you know, what this child is exposed to beginning very early on, on until they get, you know, older and, and they start developing attitudes and the ability to roll their eyes at parents. (laughs) What type of questions are asked specifically as those children start to age and get a little bit older, like you mentioned, up to that eight-year-old, where they can have a little bit more say? Yeah, we, as, as you might imagine, when the kids are younger, we ask the parents more about their exposure and what they're doing. Um, And then once the kids get to about age seven, Um, we feel they can start answering a lot of stuff for themselves. So um, we'll ask questions about the farm, the kind of stuff they do on the farm. We'll ask about um, symptoms that would be indicative of an allergic disease. Um, We also ask information about what the child is eating and drinking. We look a little bit into food allergies. Um, That's obviously a key part of sort of this um, you know, constellation of allergy and allergic diseases we're most interested in. Um, And and that information really provides additional context for those biological and environmental samples we're collecting. You mentioned that the asthma is a big key factor that they're trying to research on in that sense. Um, Do you mind talking about now how many people, you know, are affected by asthma and how this study is playing into that to help Um, counteract that? 
Yeah, asthma is one of the most expensive medical diagnoses, so most common and most expensive. Um, When you factor in lost days of work for parents to care for kids as well as lost days um, of kids missing school, um, reduction in activities, and just cost of, you know, maintaining medications and and treatment and care, um, you can't cure asthma. Um, You have to maintain it, um, find the right combination of medications that will keep children from having, um, you know, really bad asthma flares. Um, But, you know, considering it can start developing younger in life and then continue on lifelong, it gets to be a very expensive disease. Um, And not to mention just the personal toll of, uh, you know, having moments where you can't, you can't get your breath. Um, So, you know, we're highly motivated to find a way to prevent and and treat this disease. Um, now, we're not, you know, looking at, um, you know, we're not a clinical trial that's looking at a specific treatment and testing that out on these groups. We're more looking at understanding the underlying biological mechanisms that um, cause asthma and hopefully what we're doing can find can lead to some way where we can disrupt that mechanism so children aren't developing asthma as often you know and it's worth noting um we're all we've all heard of covid at this point um you know that that those pandemic viruses are really in a different category you know no amount of farm exposure can you know, quote-unquote, train your immune system to fight something like that off um, because, you know, that that COVID virus is, is too different from anything else you'd otherwise be exposed to. Um, but, I mean, who knows? Maybe one day we can, we can find a way to take all those microbes that are present on a farm and, um, you know, find a way to, to deliver that to children um, that, that don't have the opportunity to be on a farm to kind of train their immune system um, and confer that benefit. Um, you know, in general, this research really supports the idea, whether you have a kid on the farm or off the farm, it's good for kids to step away from TVs and their devices, get outside, get a little dirty, spend some time with animals, learn the cycle of life, you know, put their hands in soil, watch things grow, experience all those joys of childhood. Um, and, you know, our goal is to have that future generation of children who are healthier and thriving because of the work we're doing. Is there anything else that you would like to add about the study? Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's a really beneficial study. I think it's um, really unique for other studies of its kind. Um, it, it continues to grow, although we're not enrolling new families. We always could be in the future, and um, we're we're constantly finding new ways to use the samples and the data we collect to understand more and more nuances to how children's immune systems develop, and and that has such big implications for understanding then how adults' immune systems function. Catherine Barnes on the Wisconsin Infant Study Cohort and the research being collected. From the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Charity Seebecker.